and welcome to Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is the college football show week two betting preview. As always, I am your host, Nate. Dante is off this week, um, but he will be back hopefully next week with us. So it's it's just the Nate Cook show. Um, week one in the books, and it was a fun one. We were right on a lot, um, and we missed on a couple. From a betting standpoint, though, 3-0. Can't ask for any better starts this season. Hit on UNC to cover, hit on the under in that game, and also hit on FSU to cover. So three right off the bat. Perfect 3-0 start to college football season. You know, we nibbled. We we don't go all in week one. We talked about it. We, this was about collecting data. Um, we're going to get some great data points this week with some games, really figure out kind of how some teams are stacked to go the distance this year or not go the distance compared to their expectations. Um, I think the biggest thing we were right on, though, is Clemson. I have been... Longtime listeners will know I've been saying it for a couple years now that Clemson's days of being elite are over. Dead, done, throw it out the window. Still going to be a good team. Still going to be super competitive. But as far as elite goes, they're done. Nail in the coffin was when Venables left, but it was already trending that direction. Let's face it, folks. Like Davo, in a previous lifetime, it feels like almost, was a good salesman. He could recruit the state of Georgia. He was getting some good athletes elsewhere. He had two insane quarterbacks in Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. He had continuity across his coordinator positions. Nobody was leaving. Um, it was like a silent society over there. You couldn't figure out why these guys weren't taking other jobs. They all stayed. Um, but then college football world started to change. Coordinator started accepting jobs. You know, he didn't have Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson walking into the building. And to be honest, that was an overrated coach. He's not a great developer. I mean, just look at what he did with DJ. You know, he runs DJ out of town. We took a big position on Oregon State this year. DJ's already showing massive progressions. And, you know, DJ's a, a good kid. He didn't trash his old school on the way out, but he did kind of say, you know, he didn't like how the offense was run. It, it wasn't really built to his strength. There wasn't great development type of thing. Um, and and that's, that's on Dabo. You know, Dabo refuses to play the NIL um game he refuses to go into the portal and get guys he refuses to adapt offensively um you don't have venables being the glue that holds this team together essentially um and and i think recruits are getting smart i mean they understand Dabo's shtick it's all about him it's why he runs in front of everybody down the hill uh clemson home games um it's why he's so against nil money um you know he's made some comments um about race and other things uh the nil yeah we've been running the program and god's name image and likeness was just whew, yeah that's gonna sell a lot of 18 year olds um and the other big thing is he's got more competition in his backyard you know clemson used to go into georgia and and pull a lot of athletes from there that isn't happening anymore you know georgia's keeping a lot of guys in state and even if georgia isn't getting them they're going to better opportunities at other sec schools where coaches are adapting to the times um, and so, yeah, Clemson's in trouble now. Was it a complete disaster? No. Um, you know, you, you limit the turnovers. Things look a little differently, but they were turnover prone, a little predictable. Defense is not as strong as it was under the Venable era. I mean, we started to see that last year with a defensive line that we came on and said was, was arguably the most talented preseason and look at the development they had over the course of the season. Wasn't there. Um, 
still good. And once again, I, I think we should clarify once again, when we talk about these teams, when I talk about these teams, you know, it's compared to expectations for a betting show. We, we look at the betting markets. Um, that is the expectation that's being set as well as the, the, the university's expectation, which is national championship, ACC championship. Luckily, the ACC kind of stinks. Um, so Clemson's always going to be right in there. They're still going to be a good team. Uh, but yeah, they, they don't have the juice anymore. They lost it. And that's on Dabo. That's 100% Dabo. Um, and we were right on that. One area we were maybe, or at least I, I shouldn't say we, I was slightly wrong on Colorado. Let's talk about Colorado TCU. I was wrong on the Colorado TCU prediction. Um I underestimated how far along the offense was going to be uh, for Colorado, point blank. You know, we knew they were going to want to run a high-speed offense, and I was concerned with how many players they had and kind of that lack of continuity um, and some real question marks around the offensive line. I, I did think they were going to struggle a little bit more on more execution. I didn't necessarily think TCU – um, was going to be some dominant force defensively. I mean, TCU does not play defense. They didn't do it last year when they went on their national championship run. They're not going to do it this year. Uh, last four games defensively, 31 points to Kansas State, 45 to Michigan, 65 to Georgia, 45 to Colorado. I mean, they can't stop a nosebleed down there. Um, offensively, though, they, they put a bit of a hurting on Colorado. They scored points. I think long-term Colorado, though, I'm not saying I'm wrong yet. I think, you know, expectation, the market set it at three and a half. We thought this season was going to be a bit of a failure based on the hype and everybody talking about it. I think it's important that we react uh, to to this team being further along than we initially anticipated. But it's not to overreact. I still have a ton of questions about that offensive line. You know, we saw at times where Sanders wanted to hold on to the ball a little bit longer and try to push something down the field. The offensive line started to show some cracks. You know, a lot of this was quick read, get the ball out. There are going to be the defense still gave up a ton of points. There is a weakness there on that defensive line. I think there's going to be a weakness there on the offensive line when you play teams like Utah, like Oregon State, like Washington, like USC, who have a pulse defensively, all of them, and can put up massive points offensively. Um, we're going to get a, a real kind of look, though, in this Nebraska game. I was right, though. Sanders. Absolute stud. You know, that was the thing with the Colorado talk. Nothing we said has been proven wrong just yet outside of the, the TCU game evaluation, but the long term of Colorado. I said that Sanders was going to be a stud. I thought he may take a second to adjust a little bit. He's a way further ahead, but he's going to be a stud. They have insane talent at the skill positions. The questions were around depth. Can Hunter play as many snaps as they're having him play? through the, out, the entire season. I, I have my doubts there. I hope so. I hope this team is way better than expected because they're absolutely electric and just so much fun to watch. Like, I want to be wrong here, but I have questions about depth. I have questions about the offensive line and defensive line when they step up in class because this Pac-12 is just loaded with tons of good offenses, better defensive lines. I mean, you're going to play a Utah team that is physical as hell. I mean, they bully some SEC teams at Utah um, defensively. Getting punched in the mouth. You know, where that scheme's going to come from. Development, depth. All those things are still huge question marks. And I think over the course of the season, yeah, my assessment still, this is a four to five win team probably. So beating the three and a half 
point expectation. We're going to say three to five range. They're, they're somewhere in there. We'll see how this breaks. Depth is going to be a huge concern here, but we need to react, but not overreact from a betting standpoint. They're ahead of schedule, and that's exciting. Like They're an exciting football team, this Colorado team. I hope I'm wrong because, like I said, they're going to be so much fun. Dion is awesome. It's going to work for Dion. I have no... No doubt in my mind there. It was just year one. How do they deal with failure when they when they see it? You know, how do they deal with depth concerns? How do they grow as the season moves on? TCU is not the best litmus test for that. I mean, you know, they lost a ton of players from the national championship team, and that team was a bit of a fluke. Um, their whole goal was we just got to outscore you because we can't stop anything. And that was that has not changed this year. Um, so let's see what this Nebraska team gives them. And I think that's a good start starting place Colorado versus Nebraska this week the lines moved um Colorado is the favorite here uh in this game and I I think that's that's the right the right move that they're the favorite um Nebraska is going to present a good a good assessment for where the line play is for Colorado that's what I'm really looking for Matt Rule, unfortunately for Nebraska, you know, new coach. The more things change, the more things to stay the same. This team cannot close out games. Um, I think what we saw, though, with Nebraska is Sims is going to kind of be that dual threat. Rule's got to help him progress in the passing game, but he's electric with his feet. Um, I think the defense is going to be pretty pretty strong again for Nebraska. This is going to be a competitive football team for games like this. Are they going to win the Big Ten? No. Are they going to compete near the top of it? No. This this is another, just like Colorado, where the rebuild is going to take a year or two to get the guys in there. Um, but I think this this is a game where Colorado could be pushed a little bit, that they could face a little adversity. Let's see how they handle it. This is going to be an awesome game to watch from that standpoint. This is going to get us, give us a, a better assessment as to where Colorado is, um, especially when they step in to the Pac-12 landscape. Um, all right. The other game week one, I forgot to break down LSU, FSU. I think, you know, it stands exactly where we thought it was. The evaluation was correct there. Mike Dervell hit the transfer portal. He's hit the recruiting trail well. He's developed and gotten guys into that offense that allow them to be more multiple. You know, he got some tight ends in there. They've got great weapons on the outside. Travis has been developed phenomenally. Um, the defense is looking pretty good. And I think for LSU, it, it's... There are some concerns, you know, you were hoping JT Daniels would make that next leap. Um, it doesn't appear right in the first game that that's the case, but it's a long season. We saw this with LSU last year, played this game, and then they went on a tear and they were an extremely good team by the end of the season. Let's see where they are. JT Daniels best attribute still his feet, that ability you know, to be a dual threat is critical to the success of this LSU team. Um, I, I would like to see him be a little bit better in the passing game, um, to step up a little bit more in big moments there, but I'm not panicking yet. I think there are reasons to be optimistic about LSU. There's definitely reasons to be optimistic about FSU. These are two very good football teams. Um, and they're going to be something to watch week to week from a betting standpoint. Let's talk about games this week, though. Let's start with Notre Dame, NC State. Line is at seven and a half. Notre Dame is the favorite over under 50 and a half. And Sam Hartman's that dude. We said it in the preseason breakdown episode. I don't know how everybody seemingly forgot this. Like people are surprised that they've handled their business about 
against lower competition, but we sat here and told you, Sam Hartman's going to have better pockets. He's going to have cleaner pockets. And when he did have clean pockets at Wake Forest, he was a top five quarterback in virtually every metric. Um, throwing from a clean pocket. He had a ton of crowded pockets. At, I mean, they were throwing rave parties in the pockets with defense alignment um, at Wake Forest because that slow mesh offense and, and the, the talent they had wasn't there. He's surrounded by much more He's better talent around him. The offensive line is much improved. Now, they haven't really been tested yet, but they've been handling, you know, expectations and, and beating them. You've got two in- great tackles on that offensive line for Notre Dame, which is great for, for Sam Hartman. The interior, we're going to get a look here, you know. Historically, North Carolina State has not been a great place for Notre Dame to travel, um, but we're going to get a real test for that interior part of Notre Dame's line. I do think they win here, um, that interior and their battles more often than not. Sam Hartman's also seen this North Carolina State defense three times in his career. Now, sure, it hasn't been the best, but once again, a lot of that was due to the pressure that North Carolina State was able to generate against Wake Forest. I mean, like I said, they were throwing rape parties. I mean, that was a crowded pocket. They were getting after him. I, that's not going to be the case here. He's going to be able to work from cleaner pockets. He's going to be able to stand in there longer. Um, he's got much better athletes around him. He's got a much better run game around him. And so I do think that while this offers a very nice test for Notre Dame, that they're going to be able to, to take advantage of this spot here. Um, you know, NC State runs a 3-3-5 defense. What do we know about a 3-3-5 defense? It requires a lot of understanding and um, knowing your guys and the play back and forth. It requires, you know, some continuity and some ability to anticipate because you know, you know, your other guys have their assignments right. Um, And there's not a lot of continuity on this NC State defense right now. Um, So you've got Sam Hartman who knows this defensive strategy, the philosophy. It has not changed. Um, He's faced it three times now. He's surrounded by better athletes. He's surrounded by a better line. He's surrounded by two stud left tackles, a good run game, and a defense that looks pretty good so far. Once again, have not been tested. This is going to be a great test, but I did go ahead and and bet Notre Dame um, on this game. I feel pretty confident uh, in Sam Hartman and this team. And Notre Dame... They're looking pretty damn good. Um, it's going to be a real interesting test down the line because they've got a, a hard-ass schedule. Uh, this is a tough road game, but I like them here in, in this spot. Another team we're going to be looking at, Wisconsin-Washington State. Line is at 6.5. Under over is at 58.5. Wisconsin is the favorite. And this is why you need to make sure you're, you're catching our preseason breakdowns because we talked about how a lot of people were high on Wisconsin coming into this season because of the new offense, because Phil Longo coming over from North Carolina, he's an absolute madman, the transformation they're going to make on offense. But we said, this is going to be adjustment. It's not going to be smooth sailing the first year because you haven't gotten the guys in the, in the door at Wisconsin that can run this offense. This team is very much built like the past Wisconsin teams. And that's why you saw huge success rates against Buffalo when they ran the ball on standard downs. I mean, they were successful 65% of the time on standard downs rushing the ball. Um, This team is still very much, you know, its best assets are in the backfield. And that line, they're learning a new scheme in a zone blocking scheme, but they're still solid up front. Um, And I the 
Washington State defensive line is is certainly susceptible on the interior. Um, and so I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Wisconsin to kind of still play a little bully ball. Now, they are going to start to open things up. We we know that. Um, they're a little bit more versatile than in the past, but I, I do think there is an opportunity here um, because of the Wisconsin's uh, ability to run the ball inside the guards and center position and running in the interior and open up the pass game that way. Um, but as far as this season for Wisconsin, we talked about it. It's going to be up and down. Um, they haven't gotten the guys there. I don't think there's any reason to to not be optimistic about this season, but not be as optimistic as some people who are picking them to like win the Big Ten and be in the Big Ten championship and really make a push for it. You know, they're they're still a couple of years before they they can make that push. Now NIL allows you to flip a roster so quickly now, uh, but they're a little bit away on this. But I do like them in this spot um, because I, I do I know Pac-12 football. I know at Washington State is I think defensively Wisconsin matches it up very well here. So I, I do like um, Wisconsin in this spot. The game that I am very excited to get eyeballs on is Texas A&M versus the U. We had talked about this leading up to the season that these two teams are in, in pretty crucial years. And this game was going to give us a window into how this season could play out Early in the season, it's a great game to watch to kind of better understand these teams, to get more data points on them from a betting standpoint. I'm incredibly excited for this game to kind of see what these two teams are going to offer. Let's start on the Texas A&M side of the ball because I, I do have a little bit more concerns on that side of the ball. We saw in that New Mexico game, New Mexico got after their asses. They, they were able to bring some pressure against Texas A&M. That offensive line for Texas A&M did not look particularly good in that New Mexico State game. New Mexico State got after them. Um, and it's going to be important in this game because for the offensive line to hold up because Miami University, the U, their weakness defensively, the, the spot you're going to want to try to take advantage of them is in the secondary in trying to pick apart that team. And there will be some deep shot opportunities available for them there. But is the offensive line going to hold up? I don't know. Is this offensive line ready to hold up over the course of an SEC season? I don't know. It's a big question mark. We're going to learn that in this game. We're also going to learn about what Miami is going to be offensively. I am optimistic about this Miami offense. I do think it's trending in the right direction. You get Restrepo back which is a big security blanket for this offense in the slot. You have good running backs. The offensive line is starting to trend upwards, as you would expect with Mario Cristobal being the head coach. You know, that has got to be a strong point for them. It's heading in the right direction. But this is going to be a test for both AM and Miami, for AM's defense and Miami's offense. You know, the defense is, has taken a step back. Um, and you know, where are they going to be at? You know, can this defense align win in the trenches? Like this is, this is such an important game to study the trenches on because this is where games are going to be won and lost for these two teams. They've got guys on this team. There's talent on this team, but if they can't block and they can't get after the quarterback, it's going to be a long season for both these teams, much longer for an A&M because of they're in the SEC compared to a down ACC. I do think, 
Miami's going to be able to get after them a little bit here. I do think they're going to be able to put up some points. Um, I do trend to that side uh, with Miami at, at plus three and a half. Um, I put a small wager on that. Um, just a little bit of a nibble because this game for me is is more about watching it, getting a feel for these teams and, and where they are at defensively. All right. The marquee game, the game of the week, Texas versus Bama line is set at seven and a half over under is 54 and a half. So excited for this game. This is going to be a good one, folks. It's in Tuscaloosa. Texas is coming into town. I will say there are reasons for both these teams to be very optimistic, but also to potentially have a little bit of, of concern. Let's talk about Alabama. Mulo looks great in his, his first start. Looked phenomenal. Now it's against Middle Tennessee State. So take that with a grain of salt. You're going up against a much better Texas defense um, here. And this, this is going to be important to see what the weapons look like. Coming into the season, we had huge questions about the Alabama wide receiver room because it was, you know, you just look at it. It's not what it's been the last couple of years. Um, sim- similar to like the Ohio State quarterback room, you know, there's been a certain expectation of, of the quality of players you've been bringing in. And this is, we're sort of seeing this Al- Al- Alabama team sort of trend back to the older Alabama teams where it was heavy run based. Um, and leans on the defense and occasionally taking the shot. You know, good news for Alabama um, is that the dual threat quarterback is going to open it up a little bit more, um, which is which is great. Um, can Jalen Milrow, though, continue to be accurate down the field with big play opportunities here um, and be able to push it, push it down the field? That's the question at hand here. I think Texas has been pretty vocal about they're going to put on Jalen Milrow. He's got to beat us. Um, They're going to dare him to take some shots um, and to see if he can be accurate downfield, which that's the big question mark coming into this season. Middle Tennessee State doesn't give you a great look into that window, um, but this is going to be a, a better better test and the question coming in we know what he can do with his feet we know he's a he's a good quarterback Jalen Milrow we know that but he is is he that guy to take Alabama on a national championship run great measuring stick here because he's going to have to make plays Texas is, is going to load the box they're going to bring some pressure can he make plays can the Alabama offensive line stay up can these wide receivers get some separation that's a big concern here for me you flip it to the Texas side, though. And I think the biggest point right now is, is we got to watch the injury report for Alabama. Two guys in their secondary, Malachi Moore, crucial point for them, and Jalen Key are both day-to-day. They got injured um, in the middle of Tennessee State game. If they can't go, Texas is going to be able to open it up. That wide receiver room is ready. Xavier Worthy, he is that dude. There's going to be some opportunities down the field. Quentin Ewers, we saw it last year before he got hurt in the Alabama game, which quarterbacks have not had the best track record. So strap up, Archie, make sure your arm is ready and warm because uh, Alabama has loved nothing more than hurting Tennessee or Texas quarterbacks in these games. Um, Quentin Ewers was looking good in the Alabama game before he got injured. 
you know, when he came back and played, there were moments where you go, okay, I, I could see the talent, but the consistency wasn't there. If Malachi Moore and Jalen Key can't go, or even if they do go, they're not going to be at 100%. If Quentin Ewers can't play well in this game, I think that starts to raise a yellow flag. We're not going to say the red flag is thrown out there yet, but a bit of a yellow flag of, of what's going on here. Why can't Stark get this guy to unlock that aspect of his game? Because he's got the talent at wide receiver. There's going to be plays to be made there. Um, so if he can't hit that, that's a little bit of a concern. I think, I think myself uh, thought that the running game would be not, it was obviously going to be affected with Robinson going to the NFL. I didn't think it was going to be as big of a drop off. Let's see where that is this week. You know, maybe it was just a bad game. Let's see what they can do against this Alabama defense. I have faith here in, in Texas though, to win the game. I don't know, but I have taken a small nibble on Texas at plus seven and a half. I'm going to lay additional money on them. If Malachi Moore and Jalen key are, are out for sure. Um, even if they're announced in, let's see what happens with that number. Um, if it moves at all, I don't think it will, but let's see where, where the public pushes this. And we might bite again on Texas. I think Texas is going to hold in this game and, and be very, very competitive here. Um, so those are sort of the big games um, that I have on my, you know, calendar. Oregon, Texas Tech is another big kind of measuring stick. Man, Texas Tech really blew that uh, last week against Oregon. Understatement of the century there, Nate. We know what Bo Nix has been on the road. Um, I don't think Texas Tech has got it here. I, I do think Oregon's going to put up some points here. I think the defense is, is going to show out a little bit here. I have some concerns uh, about Texas Tech, um, but we did go ahead, or I went ahead and I, I bet Oregon. Um, so I, I guess at this point, let's let's talk about what I bet this week uh, and what games I have. Um, I did bet Notre Dame, took a small little nibble on that uh, against North Carolina State. We went ahead, laid six and a half with Oregon. Went ahead and took Kansas uh, at minus three. I think Illinois has just lost too much in that secondary to the NFL. Um, and Kansas just returns too many dudes offensively. There's good continuity there. They're really going to be able to take advantage of this Wisconsin, or Illinois defense. And I just don't think offensively, Illinois, while they are going to hang around in this game for a little bit, I do think eventually uh, this this Kansas offense will kind of run away with it. I've got Utah against Baylor, seven and a half. I laid a small amount on that. Miami of Florida, plus three and a half. Iowa, minus three and a half against Iowa State. Um, this Iowa team is ready to go. I mean, the defense is just like we had um, expected them to be. Very, very good. Um, Cade McNamara, he, he does offer... Um, another level to this this offense um he's the guy that they needed um now are they blowing the barn doors off anybody no but we talked about this in the the preseason show he's a step up over Pratt I mean he he just it's it's clear cut he is that dude he's in the facilities early he's a he loves the game of football um he understands this offense and I, I do think that unfortunately for Iowa State, this this Iowa team is just going to be a little bit too much for them to handle. Um, so I did go ahead and I bet Iowa at minus three and a half. 
Texas plus seven and a half, Wisconsin. We got it at minus six. Um, and that's all I got so far right now. Um, those are are the bets. We may add, I may add in a couple additional ones here. Uh, so make sure you're following the Trophy Kids podcast, Twitter, and Instagram accounts where those will be posted. Um, and this this is a great week, folks. This this is this is to get excited. This this is going to be the week when we can really after this weekend we can really start to dig into these teams, understand a lot of these teams a lot better across the board. Going to get eyes on a lot of football. Um, and it's going to this is this is measuring stick week. Week two is data point measuring stick week. Let's see what a lot of these teams are made of. Let's see how we can bet them moving forward and what expectations can be. This is where we can really start to dig in. I'm super excited for this. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. It's a little bit of a quicker one. We'll be back next week. Like I said, Dante will be on. He went to Vegas last week. I went to Maine for a wedding. Um, complete polar opposites right there. Um, so he's still recovering, but we'll hopefully be back next week. I will always be back there. Make sure to check out the NFL podcast that is coming out tomorrow or today as well. Um, it'll come out later Friday night, most likely maybe Saturday morning. We'll see. Um, and as always, peace.